0: The following podcast is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should not be substituted for professional medical or psychological advice. Before beginning or changing a treatment plan, please consult your local healthcare professional.
1: Me okay? I'm yeah, far away hear- from the mic. I can hear you okay. I didn't realize we were recording. The dot is so small. Yes. It so, is. <laughs> welcome back to Bio Psycho Socially Distant. I am Jordan, your friendly neighborhood nurse. And I am Kayla, a therapist on video
0: right now without Jordan.
1: <laughs> but it's uh, you kind of, it kind of looks like a Japanese um, action movie because the it doesn't sync up, the mouth doesn't sync up. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like an old kung fu movie, so I'm going to try not to look at your face. Um, well, let me just lovely. let me turn my camera off. Hold on. All right. Okay, now we're equal. Now we're equal. Yeah, cuz it's it doesn't that's funny. It didn't sync up at all. It was like you would laugh and then I would see your mouth open.
0: <laughs> I will turn it back on if I have any gestures to show you.
1: Perfect. Perfect. I'll just pan- I'll just tell you what my gestures are. I will Without saying, I am just going to talk with my hands a lot, but we know that.
0: Somebody Amazon Prime uh, a webcam to Jordan.
1: (laughs) I just need to get a cheap L1 or something. Yeah. Uh, So... Here we are, we're doing another joint episode. So meaning Kayla and I watched the same documentary and took notes and are going to discuss our feelings and opinions. So we watched, and if you wanna watch it along with us, we'll tell you where we found it. Um, The Blackout Experiments, which is a 2016 presented as a documentary. You can find it on (laughs) Tubi, what does your father call it? Tubi tubby tubby toby whatever it is you can find it on basically i talked into my remote and said blackout experiments and that and it showed up um and i said just show me, give me the free one and you got it off of amazon prime so that's where you can get it if you want to watch this it was about like an hour and 20 minutes long i think something to that effect like an hour and 18 minutes an hour and 20 minutes so do you want to talk a little bit about what the documentary is about before we launch into it Sure.
0: So this is a documentary, quote-unquote documentary, about the blackout experience, which is an extreme haunt. So now, for those of you not familiar, an extreme haunt is like a haunted house on steroids. Yes. So you go to a normal haunted house and... It has, it's, you know, the goal is to scare you, you know, that's the fun of it for both the participants and the actors, but there are sets of rules. So like the actors are not going to put their hands on you and vice Mm -hmm. versa. You can probably guess the things that are going to happen. You know, I remember once I went to a haunted house and there was a section with like someone with a chainsaw and obviously there was no chain on it. So it was just the noise of the, you know, the engine, so it's very safe normally to go through a standard haunted house and you just you have a good time with your friends that's the goal. So in extreme haunted house now the rules are very different and the idea is to kind of up the ante and kind of send you into an adrenaline rush I guess more so than a normal haunted house. Mm-hmm. So the actors may touch you. You may be exposed to things that are partic- particularly Frightening, if not traumatic, like think a simulation of you being buried alive or waterboarded, Oof. being in some sort of area with snakes, spiders, something like that. That's that's very upsetting to most people.
1: Being actually physically harmed.
0: Yes, you may be physically harmed. Uh, you'll probably be pushed and shoved a lot. Um, there may oh. be verbal abuse. And you sign a waiver before you go in, and the, the waiver typically obviously takes liability away from the people mm-hmm. running the ha- the haunt and it, it you know you acknowledge that you're going in of your own volition your own free will so and it also may detail all of the things that you may experience and warnings such as like, you know, if you have a heart condition, yada, yada yada, if you're
1: pregnant, don't do this. Um, so that's an extreme haunt. so the blackout. Experience, experience you know the blackout experience is one of the extreme haunts and there are more than there you know there's more of these out there another one that people might have heard of is McCamey manor
0: oh god yes jordan and i yeah. have gone on and on and on about this because when it comes to extreme haunted houses it's kind of like an all bets are off, as I just said, but there's still an element of safety for the guests. There's still like if there's a safe word, for example, you know, people can leave exit whenever they want and there's kind of no questions asked.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But with McKamey Manor, that's it, the rumors allegedly, right? I'm going to yeah, say allegedly, allegedly that does not happen.
1: And there's so the a- person
0: will use the safe word and they do not get it taken out. Allegedly.
1: Allegedly. And allegedly, there's a cash prize that nobody's won, which is not, you know, which is not typical. You know, usually the point of a haunted house is not for, you know, it's not fear factor. It's not for cash and prizes. It's just to bragging rights. I'm <laughs> just bragging. Yeah, it's yeah. bragging rights or doing it because, you know, you want to do it. But yeah, usually there's, uh, there's not any sort of prize incentive for doing something like this. And mm-hmm. there's also some weird stuff with McKamey Manor. Allegedly, I, I, I think we've decided we don't necessarily want to do an episode on it uh, for <laughs> a multitude of reasons, but you know, you can always, there's plenty of people that have.
0: I think it's, it's Loie Lane, right? On um, YouTube did yes. an episode, yeah, two, Lane has a, a couple of episodes on it, as well as um, D'Angelo Wallace did a really good episode on it as well. He kind of went into the Facebook group to see what it was all about so it's definitely it's out there on youtube um i'm maybe there have been podcasts about it as well um it's, it's worth looking into it's it's quite interesting
1: and there's a netflix episode about it as well it's oh yeah yeah with yeah. dark tourist right Dark Tour- yes thank you for remembering the title because i sure was a good could. show that was a good show so yeah so take a look at you know take a look at that if you want another example of an extreme haunt what are your thoughts on these because you're way more into horror and stuff than than I. I uh, no, I can, I can barely make it through. Like I, you know, I freaked out in the haunted mansion at Disney World <laughs> when I was a kid. I am not a no. I'm- I will
0: usually reluctantly go through a haunted house, but every time I do, it's always like I'm I'm always glad that I did it because it's usually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like I said, part of the fun is that I can tell the actors enjoy what they're doing as well. They're having fun, yeah. That's, yes, yeah. But when it comes to these, I just... It almost makes me think of other so-called, like, rites of pa- passage that have existed throughout history where the goal is to be scared, mm-hmm. but to do it anyway. Some of the... The first thing that comes to mind for me are, are movies or footage that is really upsetting. So, like, I know that I'm more... Back in the day, there was this mockumentary that people thought was completely real, and some of it is real. It's called um, Faces of Death, and that was around in, like, the, I think, late 80s, and it was just a full feature-length film of people and animals dying. Oh. Turned out that the scenes where the people were dying were fake, but all of the other scenes were real, which is upsetting. I would I would be more
1: upsetting. I would be more upset watching that. (laughs) than the people dying to be honest and with you. then
0: closer to the present time you have all of this found foot not, yeah i guess found footage that exists on the internet of people literally dying i mean you know executions and yeah. um murders and suicides and things like that that people will subject themselves to for one reason or another and it's usually some sort of soft like rite of passage
1: oh did you see that video yeah i watched it oh you're you know, wow, that oh, person's you- got balls, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, you're really brave. When you said that, it kind of, when you said like a rite of passage, it almost reminded me of hazing. And that's mm-hmm. sort of what these, what the footage that you've seen of extreme haunts remind me of.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I just, you know, some of these, another element of these extreme haunts is that sometimes, I know it's true with mckinney Manor, you have to get permission from your doctor saying mm-hmm. that you're well enough, you're physically well enough, as well as a permission from a psychologist or therapist. And I will tell you that I would never write a letter for one of these. My answer would be a hard no every time. Um, I don't care how mentally well you are. This is an opportunity for you to give yourself PTSD. (laughs) And
1: I don't know why anyone would want to do that. Correct. I I know my primary care and my therapist do not listen to this podcast, but never give me permission. I do not want it. (laughs) No, 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 no. No. I, and that's,
0: that would become a
1: liability for the, the providers. Oh, no fooling. Well. <laughs> oh, no fooling. No foolin'. Yeah. No way. No way, Jose. Yeah. That's it almost, it's like, yeah, it seems like a hazing, psychological torture. I don't know. I, I, the whole thing kind of just, the whole thing kind of rubs me the wrong way. And They seem very, very sinister and haunted houses like traditionally are fun. Like you said, Mm -hmm. the people that are doing it are having a good time. You're going with your friends. You're going with people that you presumably like. If you don't like your friends, that's another problem. That's another problem. They're
0: usually very short as well. And I mean, I can imagine like if someone becomes too frightened, I can see like someone for, that works there, like leading them out to the exit.
1: Yeah, there's like ways to get out. I went to one one of the local theme, I went to one that was at one of our local theme parks in our state, and it was an hour long. I'm I'm like, all right, I'm really sick of yelling. Like, we're <laughs> at the end of it. I was just like, you're just annoyed by the end of it. You're like, this is, it's been an hour of this. Can we be done? The last one I went to was
0: Luna Park, Coney Island. Um, it was a oh really my long time ago. Oh my gosh yeah and there it, it was you know it was a lot of fun is that it was halloween obviously and sure. um there were actors around the park as well as in the haunted house just to uh. like stand around and scared scare you and the same guy scared me like three times so by the end it was just like his own personal joke
1: and everyone was laughing about it he's like you're like sir can you get some do something else he's like well this this girl's an easy target yeah i always get i always get killed at those because i am such an easy scare i am so jumpy i peep, i bet the people who work there love it <laughs> yeah yeah and you know whatever it's and sometimes they're funny you know they'll say stuff that's funny and yes. they like kind of break the tension so it, it's completely different than an extreme a uh, haunted house yeah fuck that no way
0: um, I also want to say that I think a big part of like the staging of an extreme haunted house is A, there's usually a wait list or at least the illusion of a wait list. Mm-hmm. And B, the waiver ha- typically is very long or will indicate things that you might potentially experience. So there's like, it It builds tension before you even get there, which I think is part of the experience.
1: Correct. And And if it's a long waiver, you're not, the odds of you reading the whole thing are, you know, do you accept the terms and conditions? Uh, Yep. The biggest lie anybody's ever told. Um. Which I think they recently,
0: um, they've become to be challenged in courts. Like it's acknowledged that people usually don't read them. So they're not really admissible.
1: Really? Good to know. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you shouldn't read them, but (laughs) yes. just so you know, I mean, pick your battles. If, if if somebody's going to be able to physically put their hands on you, read everything, read everything, and make a lawyer look it over too. Um, just so saying. I have pulled
0: up the um, website for the Blackout Experience. Oh goodness! And I am going to read to you the 2019 rules. Now they were hit by coronavirus, obviously, so they couldn't. They couldn't have the experience during the 2020 season out of yeah, the, the
1: 2020 blackout experience would just be people walking around like less than six feet away from you without a mask. That's like the scariest thing you can in coughing. Just someone dressed up as the coronavirus, <laughs> just somebody coughing in your face. That is the 2020 blackout experience and
0: haunt. Obviously, um, someone hanging out in the corner with a plague doctor mask on. Mm. Classic.
1: Oh, yeah, classic. Okay.
0: So the rules are, you must walk through alone. You must be over 18. You must follow all directions at all times. Mm -hmm. Stay on the marked path at all times. Do not ever touch an actor unless you are instructed to do so. Oh. Do not ever speak unless you are instructed to do so. Red flag. Do not ever touch the walls. Eh. You will be prompted to do certain actions. Do exactly as you're told. This Ah. is for your safety. Hmm. You must wear a protective mask and carry a flashlight. We will provide both of these for you. Do not bring your own. The safety word is safety. Mm-hmm. If you have an emergency while walking through and need to be escorted, at- escorted out, please yell the word safety as loud as you can. Stay exactly where you are. Remain calm and someone will come get you and bring you out. If there, isn't an a- if there is an action that you absolutely will not do, please yell the word safety as loud as you can. Stay exactly where you are. Remain calm and someone will get you and bring you out. No, you cannot skip that part, but still continue. So I'm, I'm assuming if you...
1: If you're you done, you're done. And,
0: yeah, if you're done, you're done. You can't go back That's in. fair.
1: That's fair.
0: Once safety has been called, there are no refunds and there are no other options but to leave. Please okay. be aware you, are, you will encounter fog, strobing lights, loud sounds, complete darkness, crawling, kneeling, stairs, mild restraint, water, sexual and violent situations, ah! and, ag- and aggressive physical contact. All patrons are required to read the rules and sign the waiver on site before entering. This is not optional. If there are any rules you do not follow, you will be immediately required to leave and there are no refunds.
1: Okay, so. So
0: And they also have a Kickstarter.
1: A Kickstarter?
0: With, I think there was more info on here. I was kind of perusing through it. Well, they raised $28,446 of their $16,000 goal. Why? Why? For an immersive, immersive Halloween
1: show in Manhattan. No, why? 20, if I had to list all the organizations and all of the groups of people that need 28 grand that are not these people, this would be a three day long show.
0: The Blackout Experience was formed in 2009 out of a series of theatrical workshop, workshops starting with a Midsummer Nightmare at Vortex Theater on 11th Avenue and 22nd Street in Far West Chelsea. Oh, geez. That For those of you who don't know, that's New York City. <laughs> no. uh, the show has come a long way since then. We have been fortunate enough to work with Jason Blum and Blumhouse. so that's pretty interesting. On several immersive activations like The Purge, Fear of the Night, Purge Breakout, and Insidious into the f- into the further VR experience, as well as creating blackout shows with other amazing, amazing artists such as D- DJ Skrillex, the band Queens of the Stone Age, the Emin- Emmy-winning. Secret location in Toronto, Golden Voice, AEG, Universal Pictures, Focus Features, and so many more. Oh. So they've they've had partnerships with other people and organizations that are kind of within this realm of horror. As you, you I don't know if you know Jordan, but Blumhouse is like a a production company that makes horror movies. They're I did not, that not know that. Usually, not that great. <laughs> They're fun to watch, that's for sure.
1: So perhaps they shouldn't be bragging about this. <laughs>
0: Oh, they definitely should. I mean, that's a big deal to be part of a, a what do you call those? Like viral campaign?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. So,
0: yeah, that's that's a little bit of the history of the blackout experience.
1: So, it's, so the blackout experience is a very real thing. So people sign oh, up yeah. for it, people contribute to it, people go through it. So this documentary. Yes. <laughs> is it real? I
0: told you, I think it's one long advertisement for the blackout experience which is like you know what fine
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's that's kind of like toward the end that's kind of what I because you said that to me and I wasn't done watching it yet and Mm -hmm. there was so many repetitive lines
0: there are repetitive lines and also um, I think what tipped me off was that the uh, creators refused quote-unquote refused to speak with the documentary crew but would like slowly trickle in information until they finally gave an interview. Right. A little suspect to me, I think, especially because
1: I just read you all of this information. It's not like it's a secret or something. It's not a secret. Yeah. It's all common knowledge. And the, it wasn't, it didn't take the form of a usual documentary where you're like, this is Joe Blow. He's 20 years old and he lives in, here. And then you kind of follow their story. It was very disjointed and people would just randomly pop up, be like, and here's Bob and here's, and I'm like, and I was like trying to write it down. I'm like, okay, who the fuck was that? Okay. That was like, I kept trying to go back and figure, did I already see them? Like it wasn't, I feel like the point of a documentary is to learn about somebody's experience. That's you know, you learn about the person, okay, this is what they're into, this is what they're going through. And this is the outcome. And there was very, you know, very little of that. It was way more focused on the blackout, it was more focused on the experience, that was the focus and not the people going through it, they were accessories.
0: Um, and I think one one other thing that made me a little suspicious was, um, as I told you, I, I watched on Prime, and they have a feature called x ray, where you can see, you can pause it and see, you know, the actors in the scene, what other films or TV shows that they've been in, and all of the people popped up as being actors who have been in other things. So I found that quite interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was looking at the end, they showed um, the names of the people and I just googled them all really quick. I'm like, oh, they're all actors. Mm-hmm. Like not terribly famous, but they're they're actors. Right. Um, And I mean, this, this, this,
0: this, as I said, this started as a theatrical kind of experience. So I don't know, maybe they, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, maybe they all just just suspicious at that point. I was like, Oh, it's not real.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's Yeah, I was like, toward the end, especially it got really formulaic. Mm -hmm. Okay, do we want to start with? Started the. Let's start at the you very cut out for a beginning. Start at the very beginning. Yes. All right. So the, my first note is we open on a CD security camera uh, C- footage and people. Oh, sh- I think you meant CD like compact disc. <laughs> CD no, like a creepy security yes. camera footage. Yeah. So people are getting interviewed that were a part of blackout. Um, And this took place in May 2013. And the first individual we meet is Russell. Russell. <laughs> Who I would say is the creepiest out of all of them. Yeah,
0: Russell. We also learned that at midnight before their appointment, participants receive an email with location and further instructions. So you don't know where this is located until right. right before your appointment. And I said, I wonder if they signed an NDA, but they are doing interviews. So obviously they don't.
1: No, so how, yeah. how do they
0: keep other people from learning where the location is?
1: It's probably, maybe it's different every time. Maybe. It looks like, yeah. So it looks like uh, they set this up and they do show like through this, they show them footage of them, of them setting stuff up and someone, yeah. So he said, someone told him about blackout, told him about the extensive waiver and you go alone. And the goal is to give up control. Right. And they all
0: all of the participants that they interview seem to have some sort of a traumatic. They have some backstory. sort of they need
1: some they need therapy. They all seem so like we, they have some sort of psych thing going on.
0: We get like their Joker origin story.
1: <laughs> Basically, they're all like everybody's a little bit off. Everybody's a little left to center.
0: So there's one woman. I don't know if we get her name. Do you remember what her name is? I want to say it's Jessica. I think I think you are
1: correct, but I did not write down
0: okay. her name. So maybe Jessica says, I'm a recovering addict. I was addicted to inhalants. Yeah. When I was using them, I saw bugs everywhere, which That's is common. True. Yes, don't it is. Don't ever – like, don't do drugs, period. No. But definitely don't do inhalants because you – run a very high, high, high risk of
1: fatality when you do inhalants. It goes straight to your brain. mundo. Don't do drugs, okay? (laughs) Okay. Um, And they show this young woman, so she goes to her blackout experience, and she just gets ripped off the street. They have to tell the cops before they do a blackout experience, because if I saw a woman get pulled off the street, first of all, I'd be running toward it. Second of all, I'd be calling the cops and... That was actually, now
0: that you say that, I remember when I was watching, I think it was Haunter's Art of the Scare, which is another documentary um, mm-hmm. that covers McKamey Manor. There's a section where Russ McKamey is talking yeah, to the yeah, police yeah. saying, like, I'm running a haunt tonight, so if you get any calls, dot, dot, dot. But yeah. it's like, that. that's not how the law works. If they get
1: called, they have to respond. <laughs> you can't just tell them not to come. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So what's the what's the thing what happens if you're walking down the street I mean granted they do it late at night it sounds like but you can't control somebody right what if something is happening I mean what if what if yeah the person
0: running the haunt has to call the ambulance or something like that yeah they can't, can't
1: yeah so I don't know how that would work
0: but anyways they ask physical limitations such as I think these people are answering is what I wrote down. Um, bad knees. I can suffocate easily. Like, what does I, that, that, freaked what, what, me does out. that what does that mean? Like probably, everybody,
1: everybody suffocates easily. You don't have air in your lungs. You're going to suffocate. <laughs> what? Also, how do you, and also I wrote like red flag in my note. It said one of the participants said, I suffocate really easily when a bag is placed over my head. How do you know that? <laughs> that's a good point. How do you know that? that that's the, I'm like, wait a minute. Probably into some kinky shit. I think that's sort of a theme with this whole thing. I, yeah. mean, I think all the people in this are into some kinky shit, which is fine. Be into some kinky shit. Well, that's consensual. So yeah, if it's consensual and everybody's having a good time, whatever that form that takes for you, I mean, go for it. But I think um, it's fulfilling something in somebody, whether these people are real or not.
0: So Russell's, joker origin story is that he was mugged during Mm -hmm. which he received a back and neck injury and a black eye and to me it appeared you know allegedly that he has acute stress stressor disorder um meaning that you know if the event happened recently he's experiencing baby ptsd pretty much I said he approaches the door, and you can see psychomotor agitation. So he looks very nervous as he's approaching the door. The quick breathing, the kind of fidgeting, mm-hmm. the walking, pacing back and forth.
1: He seems like it, uh, he seems like he's anxious from the get go. Like I think before he got mugged, I think he was an anxious duck, and
0: another, which I, I I relate to that. I have an anxious disposition.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty fidgety myself. What's the weird dots they're leaving on people?
0: I don't know. Well, it's a three dots, so that's an ellipsis, right?
1: Is one of my favorite words. Yeah. So that
0: that kind of means to be continued, right?
1: Right. So, and that's and that's interesting because we learn that people go through this more than once. It's like a. Mm-hmm. It's not like a one time thing. Like you go skydiving one time, people do this over and over and over again.
0: And my my favorite part. <laughs> my favorite part. So there's the we see a scene with a half-naked man suffocating Russell and then stopping. Mm -hmm. And then he tells him to breathe deeply and then he starts all over again. And then at the end, Russell is shown running down the street with his with a poncho on and he's just in his underwear. There's no pants.
1: Again. And what what happens if you're like going to take out your garbage and you see (laughs) (laughs) like, oh, those crazy People uh, are at it another, again. Another blackout again. Like, what? And and isn't there a moment when you're running down the street in nothing but your underwear and a plastic poncho on going, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> One would think. But they look very scary. Scared. Like they they're freaked out. They're terrified. Yeah. Shocked. They're like, yeah. yeah, they're running to get out of there. And Russell even said he was at, he was having dreams about the blackout after yeah. the experience. That's kind of the hallmark of something is weighing on you and something is traumatizing you. And he wanted to keep doing it.
0: Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Um so we have the f- Chris and Josh, who are the founders. Chris with a K, K-R-I-S, Chris. Red flag. Um. Uh, we, we're we going to decline the interview because we don't like explaining what we're doing, they say.
1: Ugh, don't be annoying. And this was like six months later. So it's like they thought about it for six months and they're like, okay, fine, we'll talk to you.
0: There's also a man that they interviewed that I've only been able to identify as man number 10 <laughs> who says, I've been traumatized by the experience, but I want to go back to see if I can master it, which I thought was interesting.
1: That's weird. Why are you... Like, all right, I guess. All right. Well, all right. And what's interesting is you can continue with blackout. You know, you can like.
0: So they create new experiences.
1: Yeah. 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 They ask about your intrusive thoughts and your rituals and and that's rude.
0: Yes. They ask a lot of very personal questions probably to get the idea
1: of what spooks you the most. Right. So they like customize what's going to freak you out the most.
0: And they say to the documentary crew, we're okay with you filming, but we have some ground rules and don't ask questions. There are some things that you can't film.
1: Oh, God. And we're introduced
0: to Bob. Oh, Bob. And he says, who created Blackout? Probably some sick fucks who like to torture people and see how they react. This is an exploration of fear in the human psyche. It's almost scientific. And that's, I think that's pretty generous. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, Bob. Man number six (laughs) says... (laughs) It's psychological torture. They want you to have a traumatic experience you won't forget. They have to be at least a little sadistic. And I think the two guys running it are rude as hell.
1: They are rude. They
0: they almost seem like BDSM doms who can't take the hat off when they leave the bedroom. You know?
1: Well said. Yeah, they're very condescending. They Mm -hmm. like, like, first of all, you didn't do anything that impressive. Second of all, (laughs) second of all, you've got a Kickstarter. Third of all, uh, shut up. Like, all right, you're doing this weird, creepy, niche, psychological torture thing. I mean, good for you. I guess do what you love, but don't think you're curing cancer. Right. Or don't think you're doing anything important. I
0: wrote down some of the things that they had to reveal for their second trip there. Oh, Sure. And I I wrote the the woman who was explaining this as just goth woman.
1: (laughs) I know which one you're talking about.
0: Uh, Full name, mailing address, height, weight, blood type, physical or mental rituals you perform daily, superstitions, obsessive thoughts, etc.
1: First of all, rude. Second of all, why do you need my blood type? Right, exactly. I Are just you? lie about all of those things. I know. What if you just like, you know, like, oh, I, you know, you have a pet snake and you're like, oh, I'm terrified of snakes. Just F with them. Right.
0: Oh, maybe we should do that. We should be like undercover detectives.
1: <laughs> well, now, well, now that our cover's blown.
0: <laughs> I don't think they listen to our podcast. Can you imagine um, you going through and then being like,
1: do this? And you're just like, no, fuck you. No, fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. You're, Yeah, I'll go in there and be like, I'll, I'll have like a terrible, ill-fitting blonde wig on and go, I'm terrified of cats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrified of cats and wine and laying on the couch in my pajamas. And then I just spend the next hour. In- <laughs> Definitely do not put me in the middle of a pile of puppies.
0: I'm. That's really scary. I am so
1: scared of dogs. I am so scared of Hulu. I actually just don't want to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they actually end up revealing quite a lot about themselves. So uh,
0: Bob tells them he has OCD. Russell says he has a fear of failure or thoughts about power and control. Um, yeah, goth woman says mine, Goth woman says that she has a history of physical and sexual abuse and an eating disorder. So this it kind of makes me think of dudes going to their dominatrixes, or is it dominatrices?
1: I don't know what the plural of dominatrix is. I think dominate and, trixies. I think that would maybe. be
0: and living out their humiliation fantasies.
1: Yeah, Russell seems like uh he seems like a sub. Yes, he does. He just seems like listen Russell, look, we're not we're not judging, but we're just We're not judging. I just think if we looked it up in the dictionary, there would just be a nice picture of Russell. He also looks like one of the He looks like um Boggs from Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. Yep, he does look like Boggs from Shawshank Redemption. That is not the actor who played Boggs of the Shawshank Redemption.
0: So we also were introduced to a fellow named Abel, who I think is the only one with sense in the whole documentary. Correct. And he's like, wait a minute, is the film crew in on this? And we as the audience were like, yes, Abel, that's,
1: yes. (laughs) That's how this whole thing works, Abel. And he said, I, I, you know,
0: where I was from, I grew up liking art and theater instead of sports. So obviously to everyone this meant that I was gay. Um, But it's not clear if he is in fact gay or bi. They don't really clarify why he makes that statement. A woman comes in during his experience. A woman comes in and screams, where were you last night? He says, with my girlfriend. There's a shot of a woman in a nighty on her hands and knees cutting a raw whole chicken.
1: What the, I said, I said what the Kentucky fried fuck. <laughs> I like, I was looking over my notes and I'm like, Oh yeah. I forgot about the freaking chicken thing.
0: She uh, makes she, Oh, this is, yeah. She makes Abel put his
1: whole hand
0: inside of the chicken,
1: which is gross. And I, I really and, hope he washes his hands afterwards. Cause yeah, ugh. if
0: we don't want Abel getting salmonella, no, Um, And he has to say, I accept this as the temple of my worship. So obviously very sexual.
1: This whole thing has like a sexual undertone. Russell getting tied up and needle stuck into his arm and smothered. Yes. What the fuck? Having to yell, I'm ready to be marked and I'm ready to be branded and I give myself to you. I had to pause to write that quote too. (laughs) Abel comes out looking dejected in his poncho and I just wanted to give him a hug. (laughs) I know this poor guy. Do they go to Costco for these ponchos? They must <laughs> buy them in bulk. <laughs> and why
0: also? Like, it's like when you're, what was that um, comedian that just used to smash watermelons and shit? And you,
1: Gallagher. You had to wear a poncho if you were in the front row scene. It's like going to the guar show when they would spray the fake blood all over you. Exactly like that. I get, there's also a musical. Uh, Sweeney Evil- Todd? No, Evil Dead. The I think oh, 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 Evil oh, Dead oh. the musical where they like if you go in the sit in the front row you get covered in blood. That sounds like fun. We should. go. I know. I was gonna say. I'm like you're the only person that would ever go with me. Plus, I love e- the Evil Dead. But I love Evil Dead. I would even go like to the watermelon smashing show. That would probably like, <laughs> be fun too. And I always said I would go to a Guar show just because that sounded like fun too. But at the same, but I wouldn't like what happens like how does it transpire like how do you intimidatingly or sadistically put a poncho on somebody (laughs) here it's
0: raining out you asshole
1: (laughs) (laughs) like how does that like i'm just like trying to picture this is why they said they can't film anything and they're like okay here's your poncho and here's your sweatshirt have a nice day they they give them a kiss on the forehead and stuff (laughs) Like the last, the only time i, I in one of the Mackayme Manor documentaries, they said if somebody wants to get out, they'll give him them cookies and a blanket. Like <laughs> they like said something stupid like that. Like they get cookies and a blanket. I'm like, well, first, yeah, sure they do. Also, that's going on my list of fears if I'm ever in an extreme haunt. I hate blankets. <laughs> <laughs> what do you sleep with that night? I hate sherpa. <laughs> oh, that's fair. No, I do like sure. Sher- no, that, that's me being sarcastic, saying I hate Sherpa, oh, and I like hate it. wine and cats, and watching premium television. What else do we get from this? Russell, Russell,
0: Russia he's, he's rushing through it. <laughs> he says, during the experience, I heard a voice that said, breathe, and that's when I realized that I could learn something about myself. See also therapy.
1: Breathe. What is he? Like, what are those white ladies that has breathe written on their wall?
0: At that, he says, at that moment, I became a part of blackout, and blackout became a part of me, like a fucking cult.
1: It is culty. And then Russell went to go hang out with the other survivors. And I think I wrote in my notes. Oh, I'm happy Russell has friends.
0: Yes, I'm happy Russell has friends. And he got them truffles. Yes. Well, that comes later. Uh, oh, it?
1: I think it does come later. Um, it's, it's very, it's
0: very thoughtful of him to bring truffles.
1: He went. I, you know, I, I usually. Uh, no, I wrote in my note. Russell met with survivors. Parentheses. I'm glad he found friends, and he made a he made a Todd Browning reference, which you know I enjoyed. He who? What's
0: the other guy? Oh, Bob. Bob. What about Bob? Uh, so Bob says my wife is an addictions therapist and sees a potential problem with me in blackout because she sees it escalating and becoming a process or behavioral addiction. And I said thank you, Stephanie, which is the
1: wife's name. Yeah, thank you, Mrs. Bob. Thank you, Mrs. Bob. Stephanie, Bob. <laughs> Bob, Bob. Uh, yeah, it's it's not a healthy thing to do this. Like it's not a, it's not constructive. It's not healthy. I know people think they're getting to their higher selves, but I don't think it's a good plan. So
0: I, I think what the, we discussed this before we did the podcast, but I think what the creators are trying to do is to create some sort of in vivo experience for people's, traumas or their fears, um, which is a legitimate and evidence-based type of therapy, in vivo exposure. But let me explain the process of in vivo exposure.
1: Please (laughs) explain the process to me.
0: You meet with a therapist. You tell them a little bit about your, let's say it's a phobia. Let's say you have a fear of spiders. Sure. A phobia of spiders. So it's not just like, oh, spiders are creepy, but it's a, a legitimate phobia. So you and your therapist learn and practice some grounding and mindfulness techniques as well as they're going to provide you with some psychoeducation about what is trauma, what is fear, the fear response, and how to calm yourself down, like how to recognize it's getting out of control. You might create a common language like Mm -hmm. I'm at an eight out of 10 right now. I'm at a six out of 10 right now so that your therapist knows what you mean, you know what you mean. And then once all of that is established, Your therapist will go with you to say an exotic animal dealer, and you would put a tarantula in your hand, right? And so the idea is that you expose yourself to this fear, but you have learned enough calming techniques in order to regulate your emotions during the experience, and therefore prove to yourself that you can be in the presence of your fear and overcome it. You know, your your life is not going to end. You're going to be okay. You can handle it. You're you're more powerful than this fear.
1: Yeah, you don't have to go out and get a spider as a pet, no. but you can function in this world more freely and more wholly, and with less restrictions.
0: Right. So, so you don't burdens. want you know you don't want your phobia to be impeding your function in the world. Um, but my point being is that it's very methodical. A right. B, it has to be performed by a professional.
1: yes, yeah, somebody that does this for a living and knows what they're doing.
0: A lot of times people get certification for this kind of sure. um, therapy, even, you know, going above you don't have to, but going above and beyond. It's not just for it. And I'm not saying that, you know, these people aren't necessarily well intentioned. I think they are at the heart mm-hmm. of it. But y- you sh- it's not for a lay person to be doing.
1: And we're learning now uh, in society, it's not your intention that's important. It's the impact. It's the impact. It is what you're being. I'm going to say this one more time. It is not your intention. It is the impact. Yes. You cannot intend to hurt somebody, but if you did, you did. And you need to own up to that. Correct. Rarely is it somebody's intention to hurt somebody else. Usually their own misguided sense of self is causing the trauma, but you still caused it. Right, exactly. And that is the one nugget of fact in wisdom that we will get out of extreme haunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So there's you see them setting up for the experience for Russell. So they customize an experience that's invite only for Russell. Because he's like all in and he wants to keep coming back, keep coming back as often as he, he can. And he wants to
1: run the survivors group.
0: And... <laughs> So you see them setting up the experience for him and there's going to be a simulation. This is what they tell the documentary crew. There's going to be a simulation of being a failure to both the creators and the people who will be looking on. So there's going to be an audience as well. And it kind of reminded me of a debunked type of therapy called attack therapy, which was very dangerous and proved to be Mm -hmm. non-evidence based. You know, it didn't help anybody. And attack Mm -hmm. therapy was essentially where, you know, in A Handmaid's Tale where they have, I can't remember what that girl's name was. She's got one eye.
1: Oh, she,
0: uh, of Glenn. She she sits in the middle of a circle of women and they, oh, they she, yeah. talks about, she talks about her rape and they say, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Oh, that's, that's pretty much, that's attack therapy.
1: That scene triggers me. That, that, is a, that was triggers me.
0: a real kind of therapy that was practiced at one point. Not on a large scale, but it was practiced by a very almost like cult-like group of people. Um, so you can imagine why it's not helpful and it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's not legal to practice at this it point. It better not be. But yes, Russell joins a group of survivors that have already existed on Facebook and they, they note that it's very secret and it's only about two dozen people.
1: Yeah. So th- I, I don't like this like faky exclusivity.
0: Yeah. I mean, you would think that, well, I don't know. I, I don't understand why it's secret.
1: Janine is the person with the one eye. Thank you. <laughs> I could. I knew it was as soon as I said "of Glenn." I'm like, oh, it's definitely not Off Glenn. Janine, yes, that's correct. I've seen her in other movies too. She's pretty great. It, yeah, the, and that whole uh, that whole thing is really good. Yeah, so it's like that fake. Yeah, so yeah, it's like the fake exclusivity. Was it in his house? It was at somebody's house. I thought it was in Ross.
0: I was really confused by that. No, I think he travels somewhere to someone's house. Oh, yeah, because that's what that's the explanation for the truffles. I think he goes to New York City and he says like, oh, my friends and I used to meet here like Mm -hmm. once a year and we would always bring like our favorite thing from the city. So I always bring truffles. So here's the truffles.
1: Yeah, that was really sweet. No, I'm talking about the haunt that they did for Russell. I thought it was at his house.
0: Oh yeah, I think a portion of it is because he's is in like bizarre. his
1: bathtub, and what do you do? like? What did he had to like leave his house for the day and give him his key? Give him his key. <laughs> I don't
0: know. And then they bring him into his room, and there's like a whole bunch of people just standing on his bed, and he's like, "No," which I would be too. I'd be like, I would I be need- too. We get off my bed, first of all. It is past nine o'clock. I need to go to sleep. You need to leave.
1: Mm-hmm. And then it was really dramatic and they made him repeat a bunch of lines, which is one of them was like, This is my last blackout. And then he was all like, No. Yes. It, like
0: it was, yeah. That's it what was, I
1: think kind of made
0: me think that it was not real. Like Yeah. No. It almost seemed like a Stockholm
1: I'm not syndrome. Ready. It was like really weird and it was really breathy and it was creepy.
0: Despite um, the fact that when he's talking to the survivors, he explains to them that he was made to fake kill someone
1: yeah like they they do, he had to shoot somebody but it was it was obviously not a loaded gun but he didn't know that
0: and but this is the last straw for russell not like they made him walk out into the street in his gibbies
1: <laughs> cuz that would have been the last straw for me <laughs> i would be like nope the plastic would be it for me because that that shit doesn't breathe but he was like ready to go back yeah the inside of the house seemed a little bit yeah a little bit fake
0: And they start to get very psychologically affected by this and they become paranoid. So Bob says the word abandon appears in my phone and I I don't know who put it there. And then he's like, is the documentary crew a part of it? And they're messing with me. They've enlisted my wife. They've enlisted my friends.
1: Yeah, it's like super.
0: And they're at Bob's house. Or no, maybe I got it confused. I said they're at Bob's house. I think Bob is nude and being drowned. LOL, what? Well,
1: that was Russ. I thought Russ was being nude and being drowned. I don't fucking know. I don't know. One of these people were, I I know I was trying to, it was, it was so disjointed. Like it was irrelevant who it was, because that's what you're trying to do with a documentary. You're trying to follow somebody's story. And it was super difficult to follow somebody's story. It was like irrelevant. That's what, you know, that's another reason it made me think, okay, the focus of this isn't a documentary about people this is just to garner interest in this experience
0: yes exactly one long advertisement
1: no i was gonna say and then it ended with you know the poor man they remind me of like the south park creators
0: i was gonna say so i said josh and kirk i don't remember what his name is finally sit down for an interview oh it's chris with a k yeah
1: chris (laughs) with a k the
0: so they said that the original inspiration was to make something indismissible you walk out of it and you can't shake it uh, So, like, make a movie, instead, make a movie about, like, Khmer Rouge or, like, the Holocaust or something, because you can't shake that off either, but it's still
1: not, like, Correct. deeply affecting you in the same way. Correct. It's, like, I think these, like I said, these people are trying to make themselves sound more important than they actually are. Yes. Like, they're doing something more helpful than they actually are. Right.
0: It would be more effective to have someone project their own fears and their own stories.
1: I don't know. I, I wrote that. I don't know what that means. It would be more <laughs> helpful to donate toiletries to a women's shelter. Yes. Um, I also noted because
0: for our listeners, I'm trying to talk Jordan and our friends into doing a game of the the tabletop game Dread.
1: I said I would do it when COVID restrictions lighten. And as long as you can dress up. Duh.
0: Um, but like the game dread the goal is to create tension and fear but not to traumatize so you know like if you're going to confront your fear then confront your fear but you don't want to traumatize people you don't want that to be the takeaway of their experience no because who's going to want to do it again
1: besides these sickos
0: um right. they're just traumatizing using fears and that they ask the participant to reveal and they they when they're revealing it they don't know how it's going to be used
1: Right. Like when we play Dread, it's going to be like creepy, but it's still going to be like in my dining room. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, yeah. trust me. It's going to be creepy, girl. I'll make it creepy. you make it creepy, but it's going to be, you know, around, right. it's going to be, there's going to be laughter and there's going to be snacks and there's going to be drinks. And we'll probably, I don't know, do a Broadway sing-along after to use the tension. <laughs> Duh. And that's when everyone else leaves. Just me and you are left. Just me and you. Didn't we go out to dinner with our friend, I believe it was our friend Jill, and then you and I sang It's All for the Best and did the same dance moves without conversing with each other beforehand? I'm trying to remember that. Probably. I heard, yeah, it was, we went, I think <laughs> we went to like Applebee's or something. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. I can see that happening. Yeah. and And Jill said, you two did the same dance move and you like didn't even... <laughs>
0: Yes, and we were in Godspell. Well, actually, I wasn't even in Godspell. I wasn't I was- in
1: Godspell either. I was a stage manager. Who uh, are you? I was back of house. <laughs> yeah, Kayla and I both can't sing.
0: <laughs> no, we can't. We like to think we can, but we can't.
1: I don't even think I can. Um, So, whenever the musical would happen, which was the spring every year, which is big doings, Kayla and I would do things in the back. I changed Cinderella from the rags into a dress in a unitard and Kayla dressed up as a mouse and changed the clock to midnight. <laughs> no, I didn't.
0: I thought no. you were going to. No, I was stage manager for Cinderella.
1: I just yelled at people. <laughs> that was my job. I was stage manager for the musicals too. And I my favorite pastime was in Godspell when I would eat the leftover communion <laughs> delicious <laughs> it's so good I still love matzah and I would um I think this is when I, I don't know if this was I don't know when this was but I would stick tape to the bottoms of people's dresses so when they went out on stage and danced they had tape stuck it I don't know I thought it was fun I loved Godspell that is still one of my favorite musicals I love the music from it I love the story Yes. Um. And it was, it was also it was one of the fun, fun. It was also one of the funnest shows to be a part of. By the way, if you ever could go, if you ever have the opportunity or can go see it, it is really good. We had to do something to juxtapose the extreme haunts. We just decided to close with Godspell. Yes.
0: Yes. There's not really much else to say about the Blackout Experience. That's really the long and short of it. Is that um, like, the, to sum to sum it up. In conclusion.
1: In conclusion.
0: The idea is basically to play off of people's fears and the hope is to, or the intention is to a make something that they can't, are not going to forget and b kind of maybe kind of help them alleviate their fears. I maybe kind of. I think that's the secondary intention. I don't think they really care that much. About
1: I that. don't think they do. Like, I don't think these are great humanitarians doing this. No, no. Great. Now we're going to get hate mail for the blackout lovers.
0: I mean, listen, if you want to, if you want to do something like this, I have absolutely no judgment, but just know what, you're, know what you're getting into and know that it's, you know, it's, this is not
1: <sighs> therapy, right? Exactly. And I don't think they purport it to be therapy. No. Well, they, th- you know, Russell said he felt like he exercised a demon. <sighs> but I don't know. Russell's got issues. Without, <sighs> without calling the Pope first, you're not allowed to do that. No, and even the Pope says it, not, not so much. Uh, so that's the blackout experiment (laughs) that's the blackout experiment so if you got 78 minutes to kill and want to you know interject your opinion on whether this is real or fake you know give it a watch and let kayla and i know what you think yes please
0: do or you know like we said earlier in the episode check out mckamey manor and tell us what you think of that i'd be really interested you can Catch that on YouTube or there's several documentaries that include it as well.
1: Yeah. One of which on Netflix, like we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe it is your turn to ask me a random question. Shit. Ha-ha. Um, what is the first thing you're going
0: to do when we have nice weather, when spring starts?
1: What's the first thing I'm going to do? Uh, power wash my house. <laughs> there you go. I love it. There's nothing better than spring cleaning. Yeah, I'm going to power wash. Um, yeah, I still have my father-in-law's power washer. And I was going to do it last year. But my well shit the bed the day I was old and shit the bed. My well pump shit the bed the day I was going to do it. And also power washing is really fun if you ever... Um, it is very satisfying. It is very satisfying. Um, so as soon as... And since we had a snowy and precipitous uh, winter... Um, I will have plenty of water in my well. So as soon as it's nice out, I'm going to power wash my house. I am am also going to run without fear of breaking something on ice.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to start running again once it's warm enough out. I miss running.
1: I love running.
0: But I will definitely be buying a cat backpack and taking one of the girls hiking with me.
1: I think Luna would be your better bet.
0: I think so too, but I don't want to leave clover out. So we'll test it with clover and see how oh, it goes.
1: Oh jeez. Is that the first thing that you're going to do when it's nice out?
0: Absolutely. I can't wait to buy that thing
1: for that. Oh, and this in this summer, not the first time. We are going to tie I asked you like a month ago if we could tie dye things in my backyard and yes. yeah.
0: So we are going to do that as well. There's so much to look forward to once the weather gets. Even nice though we should have
1: I know. I know. And hopefully we will reach herd immunity at some point this year. Please
0: yes, get vaccinated when you later. can.
1: Do not mm-hmm. do not dress up as old people and try to get vaccinated before your group is called. But, yes. you know, get vaccinated as soon as it is safe to do so. Please. Yeah. Yes, please do. And if you are listening to this and you're in Texas, please, um, we're thinking of you. And be safe and hope you get power back soon and hope you get water back soon and contribute to charities that supply clean drinking water to people that don't have access to it
0: i yeah and no hate on the people of texas but all no hate. Hate on on the government of texas which sucks yes. i i don't not that i saw this a lot but i think we have no right in new england where we're very used to the snow and the cold and the ice and that's like no big deal for us we have no right to be making quote unquote making fun of people for not being prepared. When no, you fucking New Englanders have lived here your whole life and still can't drive in the snow. So I don't want
1: to hear it. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yes, it would be like if a tornado came barreling through New right. England, which it has before, and it caused chaos.
0: Yes, or a hurricane, or you know, I, I keep thinking like if you put me in the desert, for example. Where, like, I I know the basic rules of being in the desert, but I'd probably die.
1: Correct, correct. It is just not what you're used to. So a snowstorm happening in Texas is going to be a catastrophe. Exactly. And I, you know, I hope they can be assisted. And I hope it never happens again. And... I mean, I hope the level of disaster never happened. You know, you can't control what you know what the weather does, but you know. And I think I think the only people that we know in
0: Texas are originally from New England, so they were probably the ones like
1: they were they driving were around, okay. driving around their SUVs, helping other people. <laughs> yes, and the people that we know that live in Texas are good are good people, and I could totally yes. see any of them doing that. Yes. Absolutely. Um, So I hope they are safe, especially uh, the folks that we know that live in Texas. But still, um, yeah, that sucks. Um, Yeah, well wishes to everybody in Texas, except for, you know, Ted Cruz. (laughs) Except for, yeah, fuck Ted Cruz. No, thank you. Also, I think, you know, we could really sell the text transcripts for me and Kayla. And, you know, I think we can make a book out of it. I just texted Kayla randomly, Ted Cruz looks like Play-Doh. One of my favorite
0: Gifts that exist. I think it's a gift or a GIF or a video exists on the internet. Someone at a Ted Cruz rally gets his attention and points to their sign, which is a picture of Kevin from the office. They look <laughs> and he just
1: looks at it and just looks so disappointed. <laughs> oh, and that's a shame because Brian Baumgartner seems like a very nice man. He <laughs> is. I hear. I hear. I think I listened to office ladies. Um, I say we do. Kayla and I do the poor man's, poor woman's version of the office ladies. Um, and everybody on that show seems like they were really, really, really nice. <sighs> All right, Bubby. So we will leave you with: be kind to each other, be kind to yourselves. Make a make an emergency preparedness kit. Yeah, get no matter a bug, where a you bag. live, get a bug out bag. No matter where you live, um, the American Red Cross. Uh, I do actually have one from the American Red Cross, and they do sell like prefabricated you know, emergency bags. It is a good investment to make. And, um, and if you don't, we're still going to love you anyway. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each
0: other. Do something nice for yourself. Do something nice for your pets. Um, Ted Cruz is a Zodiac.
1: And an asshole. Bye. Bye.